Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Talk Cosmos, and I'm the founder Suhuros Minahan today is July 17, right in the middle of the month. And we're going to have two transit readings. It's a new uh, episode in our existence for Kaleidoscope Visions. And we're focusing with these two mini readings for the charts, the energy of a wonderful conjunction that's happening at the end of the month on July 31st. Aramis, the Awakener in Taurus at 18 degrees, is going to be conjunct our North Node, the destiny, the common destiny that's driving us towards realizing an opposite energy from the South Node. That's a lunar activity that one can always learn about. That's very potent in our natal charts and collectively because every 18 months it shifts in their polarity signs. Right now it's in Taurus of our survival, our self-reliance. We create arts. It's it's an energy that is very uh, grounded energy. It's an earth sign. And it started this year, January 18th. And then next summer, July 17th, it'll be over. So at this point, Uranus is in the same sign and they will be conjunct. Along with that will be Mars the following day, August 1st. Of course, this is depending where you are, but essentially, because it's in the middle, it'll be for everybody. Mars, they're all going to be at 18 degrees. It's just that the minutes will be slightly off. So we're already feeling this energy that's pushing us towards liberating. And we'll talk about that more because we're ready now for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, founder of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary and eclectic astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing esoteric fields of eternity, a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, poetry to stories, and celebrate humanity's individuated co-creative life force experience. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. I'm Julie Anglin, an intuitive healer and meditation teacher, combining my lifelong study of astrology and one-to-one intuitive and astrology consultations. I'm a clairvoyant reader and healer, have worked as a creative business owner in finance and in publishing. I also facilitate an online women's meetup group. And I'm Joe. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean. 
ocean in a drop. Well, hello, Amanda and Julie. Thank you. I know we're missing John. In fact, he must be with us because his voice just started to be there. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. You're so quick. It's great. Well, we're really grateful to have these two pre-selected audience members. They submitted their charts, and we're going to discuss the transit for a little brief while, and then their chart, and they'll then invite them, which they're going to be waiting in the wings here, to give their feedback. So this will be a learning experience using the charts, and we're so grateful for this exciting adventure that we're all work together. And we have... Uh, we're only using their first names for privacy. And at this point, we're not putting the data on, although I have recognized that other uh, Astrology Hub did. So maybe we can do that. But And if people are interested in participating, I don't know, there's a little noise there. Thank you. Please email Talk Cosmos. Just go to the website and do a contact. And you will be signing a general waiver. But we would be thrilled to put you on the agenda. There's openings available. So let's look at the, the transits. And if we can get that first, uh, there we go. Thank you, Nathan. And I will get the last chart here. Whoops. This is for people that are with YouTube. You'll notice that this is explaining to people how you can participate, but not everybody is able. Oh, let's see. How do, can I get slide number four, Nathan? Thank you so much. Okay. So, whoops. Oh, if I click it, it goes away and I'm trying to see something. Okay. Very good. So, in this chart, you'll notice, folks, that in Taurus there, the Uranus and the Neptune looks like a little horseshoe upside down and Mars so tight. And it's still in tension with Saturn down there in, problem is I can't, okay, never mind. I'm going to look at my own chart. But there's a, I'll open it up. Amanda and Julie, what have you want to say? We'll only talk briefly about this. Yeah, well, so the North Node is, this is in your, in your natal chart, this is where you're heading in life. It's one of the, the purpose points in the chart. And when you've got the transiting North Node, it's, it's moving, transiting through your chart and lighting up each different degree as it goes so that your chart is moving towards that destiny. And when we've got Uranus connecting with it, it wants you to break free and detach from those areas that are no longer helping you down this path. So it's kind of like separating the, the wheat from the chaff and getting rid of anything that's just not serving you anymore. And with Mars, it certainly does activate it even further. It's so true. It's really that great courage, one way to think of it. And to contrast that... Uh, impetus and the initiative that would be part of the Mars energy and then the surprise energy that might come with Uranus, it's happening in a fixed sign. So it's kind of a juxtaposition there that could bring some interesting unexpected events 
especially since uh, fixed energy kind of makes us settle into things so readily. And these two planets will come along and kick us out of our ruts. Very true. And it's in a very loose, not so loose, like what we call a grand square, where there's in four corners, imagine yourself in a, not a box, but a cross. And there's four points and they're all wanting their their voice and they get their voice and it's a matter of juggling and interpreting how we negotiate those energies so right now we have as we've said that strong uh, collective which is a energy that we actually want to uh, move towards because it's our collective destiny of the north node meaning that we're releasing in scorpio which is has wonderful attributes, but yet every sign has its shadow side. So there could be intense, committed partnerships of that, that are no longer, or, or values, or not values, but exchanges of our energy that aren't really functioning so well. So we're going to regroup some energy in our life as we go forward. But then also is Mercury and Saturn. So perhaps you want to bring that up, Julie or Amanda? Well, with the uh, with Saturn in there, we're looking at building new structures. So Saturn and, and Uranus have been playing for quite a while. They're not exact anytime this year. That, that happened last year, but Saturn's still in the mix. And so this is about kind of creating those new structures for ourselves. That's part of this energy. And with Mercury in, in there, we may be thinking, being asked to think about things differently or, or use our um, use our voice in a way that's supporting new structures for ourselves. So kind of shifting things mentally and, and voicing, voicing it potentially. It can show up in different ways like that. And there might be a push-pull there. Um, Saturn and Uranus aren't exactly easy bedfellows. So where we've got this this desire to hold things and make things stable, Uranus is going to say, uh, wait a minute, on an evolutionary level, you actually do need to move into some new spaces within, new ways of thinking, new ways of uh, having things unfold unfold rather than the status quo. Oh, goody. Let's look at the chart. Let's look at Mary's chart. She's the first one. If we can go back, Nathan, to chart. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so this... um, Thank you, Mary, for having agreed, and we'll bring you on in just a little bit. But looking at Mary's chart, this energy... And this is a bi-wheel, folks. So what we've done for the people on podcast, we, we have to remember, is that natal charts on the inside, which we won't go into great elaboration as far as detail, but this is about energy. So we'll talk in such a way that I hope it translates. And this conjunction we're talking about is on the outer wheel. And in this particular chart, it's in the 10th house. It's right at the midheaven. It's a very powerful point. You know, an Iranian our Iranian astrology, the MC is the most significant point in the chart. Although with regular traditional astrology, they would say that the ascendant is. And in this person's chart, 
she has her ascendant very close to Regulus. Of course, Regulus has moved now to zero degrees Virgo, but it is 27 degrees Leo. But the MC is in Taurus. So here we have, and it's at 18 degrees. So it's exactly spark what we're talking about in her world of career and how the public sees her. Yeah, two, there are two pieces here. There's the career piece or, you know, what, what you're known for in the world um, doesn't have to be career, but often is. Uh, and then there's also the family dynamics that show up because the midheaven is that cusp of the 10th house, which is a family house. And it's just opposite the, the IC, which is the other piece the, the, on the cusp of the fourth house. So there may be some family dynamics that, or family lineage issues that are coming up here to, um, to be released. They may, they may come up suddenly. Um, you also have Pluto, right? It's in the third house, but it's conjunct the IC. So not only do you have a Scorpio IC, which is a very intense kind of a home life situation, potentially that's, that's, um, how it showed up for you uh, growing up, but Pluto's there as well. Um, so a lot of like very deep content that may be coming up uh, where you're wanting to have that, needing to have that courage to step in. I Sue, I love that you said courage about <laughs> Mars there. It is really about having that fierce self-advocacy for yourself, you know, really just being in that fearless place for your self advocacy isn't that nice because it's so trans and i know julia will have things to say here it's a transmutive pluto is transmutive it's always that butterfly that's taking the 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 content and rebirth putting some into soil and some seeds so that they can grow julia do you have yes as with any time that's about an opposition i i was really taken with what was being said about that 10th to the fourth house, the career to your home and your, your heritage. These are real power points. Uranus, Mars, and Pluto are really going to um, push the envelope. So there'll be a a sense with fixed energy that it's uh, maybe uh, difficult to resolve, especially since there's an opposition going on there. And it might be that, uh, every part of you is calling out to move to the future with Uranus and Mars at the midheaven. Yet there's some old business that might be needing to be looked at in a new way. And Uranus will help in bringing air space into that set of fourth house nadir type issues. Well, and I also, and Amanda, I hope I didn't stop you because I just love what you were saying there. I'm remembering in that the dynamics of the four points, we have transiting Mercury at also just a few degrees be- before the ascendant at 24 Leo. And we would say it's in the first house. So there is a lot to be said and about herself because it is in Leo. So that definitely goes right back to that to this person's son, which is in that vocal Sagittarius, which has a viewpoint, a perspective that needs to be vocalized. 
So this is very relevant to some energy that is being redistributed, you could say, that's getting ready to be said. And also all this that really responds to her natal chart too, because she has that powerful signature with uh, these two plants of Saturn and Uranus together. So this is an opportunity for her to perhaps use them a little differently. And I find that to be always strengthening. You know, when you have something together, which is just part of your nature, when you have them separate in different areas, it's like, oh, okay, you can handle that or handle that one and see what it really wants. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to kind of play off of that, Sue, I want to go back to what Julie said about Uranus bringing in that air. I love that because it's one of the pieces about Uranus is really finding that space of detachment about what's going on. And I like to think of Uranus as like the the hurricane or the tornado that whips through. And if you can find your centering and really stand in the center of that tornado, that's where the calm is. So keeping your center, uh, things may be, you know, happening around you. It may get a little crazy. You never know. Um, It certainly could with Uranus and Mars involved, but just remember to, to stay in your, your own centering and, and that will really help you to see things clearly. Beautifully said because, and then we'll have to close pretty quickly. There's also other aspects in this chart for this particular focus, because usually any change involves other, a myriad of other incremental energies. And in her seventh house, her one series as who the goddess of, um, uh, well, she, there's both grief and sustenance. You find how to uh, claim your own sustenance through that. And it's in the seventh house. And Juno, the asteroid or goddess of partnerships. And these are in Pisces. It has to do with your spiritual, or else it could, depending on one how one looks at it, one's relationship with the wild or nature and, and, and the spirituality. So there could be a unification and a healing in that sense. Because, it, it, mm-hmm. it, yes, and along that line, just in a healing picture, I noticed that Pluto has an aspect to the ascendant and to Jupiter. And that type of aspect has a lot to do with clarifying and maybe releasing some issues, some energies that are self-defeating about how you present yourself or how you want to expand yourself into your world. So that really calls for letting go of things that maybe no longer serve so that you can move into these newer parts of yourself. Well, I wasn't quite sure which Pluto and we need, because we'll have to transiting. Okay. Because it's important because people are listening and not seeing this, but I will say that her natal Pluto is sextile to the transiting moon, which of course is changing. The moon's evident in this too, meaning that there is maybe a willingness. It's this change is one that's very supportive. So unless anybody has anything to say, perhaps we should invite Mary and find out what her feedback is and we can perhaps be a little more clear on 
things. So good. Okay. Well, Mary, thank you so much. I think you're there. Yeah, I'm here. Thank you, guys. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, yes, we can. I hope we're clear also. Yeah. um, Did you have comments? Well, I I got teary-eyed and um, just really, you guys really hit me hard with um, how how you brought in um, some South Node family dynamics that are going to be presented in my life right now. And I actually just, um, I just got back from a seven day trip to Montana and, um, I, yeah, I, uh, I had no idea that I was going to be revisiting my dad's workplace on the railroad and he passed about 10 years ago and I got to, um, yeah, I was invited to go see where, um, his old workers put his name up on this plaque and um i got to experience staying in the railroad house with my nine-year-old daughter and that's where i used to stay when i was nine and this was all unplanned and it really shook me to my bones of a deep connection to my heritage and my family that blue collar workers um yeah and it just that that just never happens, and it just seems like maybe you guys were talking about the North Node. I'm sorry, yeah, the North Node with the Mars and Uranus. It just seems like that Mars energy just like put it really fast in my life. It was just really mm. I don't know. Um, yes, that is such a telling healing experience as soon mary as you spoke i was looking at this chart because your your personal mars is in aries it's a very uh, uh yeah. spark plug energy but chiron is very close to it and chiron is the healer of and it's in the eighth house of our inheritance of so this i think contributes also with this area of healing that you spoke of but I well just yeah interesting yeah it seems like such a deep healing has happened to me I feel like I almost got like baptized or something while it's gone I'm I'm at home just like um in feel like I'm just like in light or something I yeah um and then also that I'm speaking about this to you guys um is very public and I have a voice to, for the healing experience, and I'm talking about it, and that seems very on cue for 10th mm. house stuff <laughs> for me, yeah. for that transit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, it doesn't always have to be career, right? I mean, this can just be a very public piece. And this transit mm-hmm. will also, it's not just a like a one-day affair. It's going to it's going to kind of unravel or, or continue to develop as we move through the year. How long does that develop? Uh, you know, different people think different things. I might say like six months. What do you two think? I'll let Julie speak, but I would say immediately, Mary, because it depends, as uh, Amanda has mentioned, in your chart, it is at the top 
of, I mean, it is definitely connecting to your chart. Therefore, it, it's like a, if one thinks about it, these events happen, but they, they begin to sift into how you begin to interpret your life. And the moon is very evident too in that, because your moon is right at your midheaven. And so it too is being affected, meaning that's how your story of life, how you're feeling about your emotions and your own survival. Julie, what would, how would you? Well, I was very, very interested when you were talking about your daughter, Mary, um, especially since I noticed that Jupiter is transiting your eighth house and it's trining uh, three of the planets in your fifth house. So it sort of speaks to the sense of a gifting time. And Jupiter is going to be at eight degrees for some time because it's going to make a station at that point and then go back and then back again mm. over that eight degrees. So you might have a kind of a, a creative time or a sense of things really moving with a beautiful spiritual ease in regards to your daughter, your children, your, you know, these creative processes that you may have going on in tandem with all these other aspects. And you know what? I just, I'm getting goosebumps. And I'll just mention it. I was looking at your natal chart. As Julie was speaking of that, you're, they're at nine degrees. I mean, sometimes the numbers make a difference here. You are nine years old. Your daughter's nine years old. Mm. And your Mercury and Neptune are at nine degrees. And of course, you have other nine degrees there too. There's a your partnerships are you know up in the first house in in Virgo, but I listening to you, Julie, makes me realize that there's a kind of a dissolving. You know, Neptune dissolves things, which can make it difficult until we learn to work with the signs or the energy. This. that it wants to say do you i know where did anybody have anything we amanda before we well i just i love that you've got the the moon up at the midheaven and this you have this experience with your your daughter as the mother um and so it's just that's part of Mm -hmm. this this um legacy of who you are and and the lessons that you're teaching her which is also supported by that transiting Pluto at 27 Capricorn trining the Jupiter up there in the, in the 10th house. So Jupiter as the teacher. So this is, this is part of that. And Jupiter's pretty big. It's in a mutual reception with Venus. So they're kind of like referring back to each other continually. And um, it's a pretty prominent planet. So I love that Pluto is there to support that and kind of help the transformation along as Uranus is helping you kind of break free. Oh, you're speaking of the natal, um, of Mary's natal. Natal Jupiter. Pardon me? Natal Jupiter. Yeah, natal Jupiter, which is in, oh yeah, and then the Uranus, not Uranus, because I need signposts, you guys. Transiting Pluto is 27 Capricorn, Jupiter, natal Jupiter is at 27 Taurus. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it helps to have signposts. (laughs) I'm like out there yeah. in space. Well, beautiful. I think this is so great. Well, Mary, I, go ahead. If you have a um, in work, my partner, he's becoming a tattoo artist. And I have my own little private tattoo studio. 
and he's going to be working with me. And so I feel like it's just starting. And so that's interesting that kind of feels like I'm bringing my home life into my work life. And I felt like that was a north node, south node tandem thing. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. Venus rules your midheaven in Taurus, your your moon, your Jupiter, all in Taurus. And your Venus is in uh, natally in the fourth house. So working from home or having like a home influence with your work is, is a, a great thing. It is. And also, I guess with that, Vesta, which is the hearth, and it's exactly right down there too at your IC, which is the the IC in that fourth house, and our roots, our foundation, the storylines from our childhood. You know, it's where we move from and with, and so by releasing, which is a natural part of that south node energy that's transiting through, as we've said, that's part of this four points. It in and re recalibrating it. That's what you know. The Scorpio mm-hmm. energy does kind of re remobilizes things in such a way that's like from the cocoon to the butterfly. Well, happy flying and thank you, Mary. Yeah, thank you, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> oh, good. All right. Well, we will be taking a brief. Uh, break and return with Amanda and Julie Kaleidoscope Visions and we'll then have our second reader and thank you so much we'll be right back While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos let's take a look at this cycle's archetype Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Most people go through the motions of living but are actually only existing. At some point, when the feeling of exhaustion or emptiness is loud enough, questions begin to arise. How do I begin to find my way back to myself? Who am I? How do I heal? These questions are crossroad points in a person's life. Come reset, relax, and rejuvenate to your best self on August 23rd and 24th. Start your journey of healing at this two-day virtual event focused on working with fear. Immerse yourself in meditation, color therapy, astrology, and much more. Presented by Padma Life Coaching with Marie O'Neill. You will receive items to support your energetic journey. Our practitioners are waiting to work with you. To learn more and to register, go to virtualhealingretreat.eventbrite.com. Don't wait. Register now. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Nanda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 24th, it's my next teaching show with Walter Stoffel, author of Lance, A Spirit Unbroken. I'll pick up right where I left off on June 26th, so catch up in the archives if you need to. Great things everyone should teach their dog coming up. Hope you can join us for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha, and enjoy the show. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. Well, hello, and we're back again. This is Kaleidoscope Visions, July 17, and we, with Julie and Amanda and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, are continuing to discuss transits. And we're focusing using the transit coming up on the 31st of this month with Uranus and the north node of our destiny, Uranus the Awakener, with Mars, because the following day it's going to be all at 18 degrees within minutes of the activator. So just to regroup a little for those that may have just checked in, we did explain quite a bit in the very first part of our talk, you know, at the hour before we had Mary's chart, a little bit about it. So it was that this is an impetus for surprise, a breaking through. It's a fixed energy. So it could be a little sudden in some ways, but it is towards a courageous energy it's building the structure, and there's thinking involved. I mean, not that thinking isn't involved, but Mercury is part of this along with Saturn, which is the other two points. So how we're, we're beginning to rethread some of these thoughts and ideas, but where it is in your chart makes the difference. And I think, what was that that you were saying, Amanda, about fierce self can you remember oh, Can fierce you self-advocacy that? with Mars oh, advocacy. there? I love that advocacy. Oh boy. I sure want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, Oh boy, all these ideas and thoughts. And, and also that there was a between home uh, when we have, Saturn involved. Now, in the other chart, it had the polarity there. But even so, whenever we get Saturn, it seems to involve the parental or the roles or that energy, the traditional. Are we going to stay with the conditioned? Are we going to boot it out? And of course, it's in a sign right now. Aquarius is saying, reboot, reboot. And that's not always such a... We need energies like this coming up to help rearrange things would you say yes, absolutely yeah i yep. think that this is this is a it's a good thing the universe is 
is trying to help us move forward in our lives. Julie, did you have I think it's what we need. I think we've been needing to be yanked out of some status quo and that's that's what's gonna happen. I know I'm looking at my own thinking, well, I thought I had things arranged. I, I kind of see where the status quo might be going, but that's just a point. We don't. <laughs> well, well it, one of the things that's so great about it is once you leave what the status quo was and you walk into the new, it's like, oh, my God, why did I wait so long? I mean, kind of like this us. anticipation like of space, of newness. And that's kind right. of a fun place to be. Isn't it like kaleidoscope visions? Here we've been a panel as of March. There was a, because we let go of cosmic collaboration and redesigned this because of change. You know, actually somebody died and there was a new opening for a new way of looking at things, which is very visceral of something that doesn't have to be that visceral. So often it's more metaphysical you know, energies that transform. But just by having this panel, we have reformed ourselves. And I'm hoping that our audience will participate. In other words, go to topcosmos.com. You can contact us. There's in the panel, it describes at the end of this, any, there's many ways to find out. And it's very simple to do. Just email info at topcosmos and let us know that you're interested. In doing so, we will send you a form that you will sign and send back. That's a waiver, just saying that you release, that it's okay for us to do this, that you're authorizing it. And then we'll schedule, because we have a schedule. And it's once a month. And we'd be glad to have you join. Well, I hope that was clear. Let's go to our chart. This is the second chart for Rachel who will be joining us in a little bit. And for Rachel's chart, providing it's in the sixth house, right wanting to go up into from the lower hemisphere of ourself as we develop and the sixth house of our daily routine and perfecting things, the details, organization, our pets, our services, into entering, wanting to enter into... Well, maybe not. It's still really pretty focused in that sixth house. So if you have something to say, one of yourselves. Well, Chiron is the, um, the chart configuration here is kind of like a bucket. And typically you would stick with a standard planet for a bucket. You wouldn't include Chiron, but I think Chiron is important enough to, to really include here. And so, so you can see it looks like all, for those on the podcast, all the other planets are on the left side of the chart and Chiron is on the right side. And the natal so it's, chart, right. The natal chart, yes. On and inside, so yes. Chiron is kind of like that handle of the bucket and that makes it a very dominant energy. And so there's a lot um, to do in this chart about learning to kind of work with that energy and um, managing that. So with Uranus North Node, Mars coming up on this Chiron, that's a pretty big deal for, for Rachel. Well, it is because Chiron and Julie will be ready. I love Chiron. I mean, I love all the planets, but Chiron increasingly because becomes such a fierce self-advocate, <laughs> to use your words, Amanda. Once one gets a handle that they're 
their area that is unable to be sufficed, that seems like a, a wound that's for oneself. And this would be in Taurus of perhaps self-survival. <clears throat> exactly that. Like, how am I demonstrating my my abilities, my strength, my survival, my self-reliance, my art through my everyday life. But yet, once you use those great tools that you've really been working on and focusing on and generate it towards a usefulness to others, it, it transforms into this, again, of, 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 of healing. I, I really like how that earth sign Chiron is sort of the antidote to the pileup on the natal chart toward the ascendant because that pileup is what Libra, Scorpio, and Sag. I think it's, it's a very helpful placement because whereas there's a lot of watery components to that 12th house sun, that earthy placement of Chiron can bring it back to what the processes are that you need to one stay well one function in the world be of service to yourself and others and make it more pragmatic so there's a great seesaw going on there and it's not one at the expense of others but it allows you to find some integration of all of that stuff toward the ascendant mm. That's profound. And there's there's a strong healer energy in this chart too. Um, so Chiron it being in the sixth house, that sixth house is that Virgo health energy. And then the Midheaven is at Virgo as well. And some people believe that Chiron really should be the ruler of Virgo. So this, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rachel, you were a healer. Um, it could just be that this is a piece for you and in, in your healing of yourself. Um, it's interesting, too, that Venus, which rules that Chiron, uh, is exactly conjunct Neptune in your natal chart at 22 Sag. So that's a there's a big piece there to the healing and so much relationship energy in this in this chart, um, Venus being the the relationship planet. And so just making sure that you hold strong boundaries for yourself within relationships is, uh, I think, a big key for you right now. Oh, I, see. I like how you were talking about Venus, because Mars, since it's up at the midheaven in your natal chart, really kind of uh, brings into some focus this current transit of the Uranus, Mars and nodes. So there's really going to be this sense of a lot of power building up and maybe things ex uh, going into new territories in regards to your career because of Mars placement at the midheaven. Well, I'm noticing that, yes, and speaking that you've probably been releasing quite a bit of the structures because our transiting Pluto still at the very end of Capricorn, 27 degrees, is so close to your south node, which means that's where one enters life, you know, very capable, has very capable, I mean, um, 
authority of responsible, many very responsible, could be responsible in so many areas, yet are we really being responsible to ourselves? And that, so yes, I can, I welcome really those thoughts. Let's see, what time do we have? Let's hear it from Rachel, shall we? Does anybody have any thoughts right off the bat that they want to say, though? Yeah, I did want to make one comment based on what you were just saying, Sue, and that is that the transiting Pluto has just completed. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I'm looking at it incorrectly. Sorry. That's okay. And and you as a native, um, Rachel, when I'm your natal chart, you have the moon exactly on your ascendant. You are so caring. I would imagine going backwards a little bit in this whole conversation of the handle, the, the emphasis of Chiron, which this transit is absolutely applying to an immediate conjunction, meaning it's going to be an ongoing experience because this conjunction is happening on the 31st and the 1st with Mars there. But that's at 18 and yours is at 21, meaning that it is as it moves forward, of course, Mars will go quicker, but Uranus takes its time. And the, and then, so it'll be incremental that you'll getting more feedback on, oh, what was that and how to integrate it? Because that integration is important. When one has 12th house energies, there's such gifts, but having pragmatic, using that word, hands-on capacities is, is useful. Well, it's, so, a, it's just, it's divine timing, right? That this is not exactly on her Chiron. It's it's in the, the correct energetic dose for Rachel at this time. So it's, it, there's going to be an ex, a big expression of it, but then you'll get to kind of allow that to unfold before Uranus finally does get to the Chiron. Yeah. Ceres is also up at the top transiting with the sun close to Hygieia, which is, I'm just looking at all the asteroids. So many of them have to do about healing our inner self or about the health of oneself. It's like another wonderful filter over what is the picture that's being focused. Okay, are we, oh, and you know what? I'm going to stop myself. That's a, that is a double signature. Look at that, folks. If we have transiting series in the ninth house with the sun you know well with hygieia natal hygieia at the midpoint five degrees right between that all in leo and then if you go over to the 12th house you have the sun in scorpio and transiting hygieia is just past it so it is like some sense of that health emphasis whether you are a healer in what capacities or healing thyself because that's always healers heal oneself it's a hands-on experiential affair or connecting well we'll find out yes Mm. and and along that line i know we want to get to hear what rachel has to say but (laughs) just looking at some of the transits as you were just describing i took a look quickly at her solar arc just to see if there were any Mm. threads that were they're bringing us back to the same energy. And she does have the solar arc Saturn at 26 Scorpio. So having bounced over the ascendant in, in the moon, that would have had a real um, 
uh, well, Saturn will slow things down. Saturn will bring things down to minimal quality. Saturn can make things calcify. Lots of different energies that Saturn can do. But on the on the ascendant, it can cause maybe not feeling so great. Not feeling. It could be a tough time. That's your optimal energy. It could be a tough time with the yeah. moon right there. In other words, there could be something personal because the moon's always personal and in scorpio it's even more personal because it's intense it's those deep true um relationships scorpio allows the libra partnership to really exchange and give life force to each other but when that doesn't work you got to dump it it's like purging it out and saturn is good at doing that which isn't so easy for the moon to take so we will be have compassion. And uh, so yeah, I, would, perhaps, I would love to hear what Rachel yeah, has let's to say hear, about it. We need to hear from Rachel. <laughs> Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Hi. Well, I want to, I appreciate uh, you, Julie, Sue, and Amanda for doing this. This is really helpful and I hope it helps other people as well. Um, but um, there's a lot that you said. I mean, uh, everything rings true. Um, it's It's been an interesting time with the nodes going through my, you know, my main three and then Saturn squaring that too. Um, and then, like you said, with the healing, um, I can feel the sense of purging um, that things that are no longer necessary to hold beliefs about myself, judgments, um, all that stuff, you know, that self-critical tendency with that Mars, <laughs> uh, Virgo, you know, with my, or at least that's how I've interpreted it, right? There's this tendency to be critical especially with maybe the emotions and and the way they've um come out in my life and the way uh i feel like that's impacted myself and other people you know so a lot of stuff like that is just this self-accepting um that i think the healing um though i do do stuff that could be considered healing it's so hard to label myself things because it feels uncomfortable and be like oh yes i'm a healer you know it's not um, but, you know, I've done hypnosis, I've done, um, you know, more of the spiritual hypnosis and, and Reiki, things like that, and studied astrology. So so I do understand that's part of the healing, but it's just um, right now the focus seems to be on really looking at the relationship with myself, because if I don't have a good relationship with myself, I'm not going to have a good relationship with anybody else, you know, ultimately. So that's where I'm at um, with all that. And that's so perfect for that Chiron and Taurus, because Taurus is about our self-worth and and really valuing ourselves. So you're, you're already doing all of that work around it. Um, and, and Mars is coming up really asking for that fierce self-advocacy again. So that, that may be a piece that you see in the external world. Maybe not. Maybe this is just fighting off those mental um, words that pop up in the head, you know, just like really slaying them, you know, and being the warrior for yourself. Yeah, yep. yeah, definitely, and, and 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 it's interesting because my progressed moons in Taurus right now too. So, and when that first happened, I noticed a lot of focus on my health and and you know my work and all that. But you know, and then finding that balance of being in this world and doing what you need to do, but then also that that desire to kind of merge into into the oneness of things. You know, like that's always been this thing with me that it's like and and finding that balance of 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 that has been part of the daily practice as well so not not wanting to deny this 
human experience and who I am and how I perceive myself, but also not giving up that awareness that we're, we're more than we think we are. And so that has really been the focus that I focus on each day. And when things come up, even if it, it hurts or it's hard, I have to remember the truth that I know it to be for myself. Yes, and I'm thinking, well, there's many things that you've said. So I'm just immediately, though, I did want to mention about Mars because I do see what you're saying. It's right. It's the, just like the other person had, um, you have exactly at the top of your chart Mars. And the beautiful thing about Mars is it defends. It has causes. You know, it can, out of frustration, Mars can be quick. You know, it can be like, let's get, you know, I'm not using maybe anger to, as a tool, which has its purpose, telling someone to stop, perhaps. But but in Virgo, what a great discernment. You could be really, I'm thinking, as you um, mobilize these other parts of your own self, using all that individuality, because having your planets on the east side, as you do, you're extremely individuated. You're a unique self person. It's just how do you express that self person, you know, and with all the attributes, you know, seeing oneness, which I understand I've Neptune in the first, but so I'm just trying to give credibility to that Mars and the purpose of it, that if it were allowed to defend some nonprofit or some health regime, it would be very happy. And can I just note also that with that Venus Neptune conjunction, there's just such intense sensitivity with you. And so it can be hard to really be in the body. And that's part of that Chiron in Taurus as well, because Taurus is that grounded sense uh, felt experience in the body. And so I like that transiting Saturn is at 22 uh, sextiling the the Venus Neptune right now. So you can reach to that for support in creating those boundaries for yourself because with the sensitivity, there's just, there's a porousness. And so it's hard to defend yourself against the energies out there and then know what's your energy. And so just finding that space to, to really ground into yourself and um, use whatever shielding techniques you have to, to kind of keep your energy pure and that's going to help with this Chiron transit as well. And the other thing to note is that the May eclipse was on your ascendant. So that grounding in the new part of yourself is really the theme. It's going to last for a number of months and it does it did obviously hit your moon. It's right there. So it's a real new sense that you're going to be going into. Thank you. Rachel, Thank I you hope so all this Yes, blessings to you, 100%. And thank you. Really thank appreciate you so <laughs> Okay. And thank you, everybody. We are enjoying this and enjoying the, the, the possibilities to give service and to get feedback. It's, it's really what astrology is about. And again, if you're interested, email info at cosmos.com or just go to the web page site. Thank you, Amanda Pierce. Thank you, Julie Anglin. We will continue in a month 
And I guess um, so much I'd love to say, but I just want to thank everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you all. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 